deadline, how it never fails. Just like I said last week, my favorite time, or actually, I'm sorry, one of my favorite times of the year. Myself, Patrick Harrison, alongside Ryan Gooden. You're listening to NBA Fuel for Thoughts. Today we're going to do something a little different, actually. It's Ryan's show, so I'm going to let my man take over. We're going to start out with how your week was. I know you're feeling a bit under the weather earlier this week. It is Thursday now. We were supposed to record on Tuesday, but someone decided to get strep throat over the week. <laughs> Stupid tonsils. No, actually, uh, Sunday night we had our first intramural game of the season. A couple hours after the game, I started feeling a little queasy. Uh, didn't really think anything of it. Thought, you know what the heck, I'm just out of shape. Haven't hooped much this semester. So I didn't really think about anything of it. Went about my day. Uh, Monday, went to class. Honestly, nothing. Woke up Tuesday morning throat was hurting like crazy run a little bit of a fever so i went to the doctor <laughs> thought i had the flu thank goodness i don't but i actually just got strep throat been on antibiotics for a couple days now but i'm good to go sounds good i actually uh sprained my ankle about a week from tomorrow so last friday and i think it's a preston curse that we're not <laughs> supposed to go back in there for a while um but we're we got other things to talk about here we have post trade deadline Winners and losers, NBA All-Star break. I mean, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's jump right into it. We're going to start off with the Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell trade. Um, the trade was Timberwolves get D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman, and the Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, a first-round top three protected in 2021 a draft pick, and then a 2021 second-round pick as well. Who do you think won this trade and why? Well, we were talking about it briefly before recording. I said I like the Timberwolves getting D'Lo, and you kind of made a comment about how you have two scores now that put up numbers but can't win games. Sorry if I'm taking your credit here, but I, I agree with you on that. I, I think the Timberwolves have a great opportunity with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, plus being really good friends off the court. They're already going to have that chemistry. But i tell you the truth, I think I like the Warriors getting Andrew Wiggins and giving Steph Curry two wing options now that can both not, not only knock down shots but get to the basket. And I think overall, this is just a better fit for the Warriors. Not only do you get a first-round pick in 2021, which... May not you may not get it because the Timberwolves could be just as bad as they are this year and get that top three protected. But say you get a top five pick, a top ten pick, that's your pick now, and you have Andrew Wiggins, who is a better fit than D'Lo already. My my saying is he's a glorified version of Harrison Barnes from 2015. So you have Steph and Clay, who are a little bit older now, but Steph, Clay, Draymond. Now you have Andrew Wiggins, and then you get that top five pick from this year because you were so bad. I th- I feel like that starting five going in the next year is a lot scarier than if you had D'Lo and you had Clay playing at the three. Um, so I do think, un- not unbiased, but sort of biased opinion, Warriors did win this trade. Um, I just feel like the one they were really busy this this trade deadline. Yeah, I just didn't. Real quick before we move on, I just never thought D'Angelo Russell was a good fit at the Warriors. It just seemed too cluttered at the guard position. I'm glad that they got somebody that can put up numbers for them. It helped out this year because you got trade capital for him. I mean, it's better. To, so basically, what you got for Kevin Durant was Andrew Wiggins, which is better than nothing than letting them walk in the free agency. Right. Um, but we have some more trades to talk about. Clint Capella to the Hawks. Rockets get rid of their only big man, it seems like. They get Robert Covington, and that's it. <laughs> and they give up Clint Capella and a first-round pick. This is a four-team trade, so we're going to get into who all was involved. You have Clint Capella and 
Dwayne Dedman to the Atlanta Hawks. We have Robert Covington to the Rockets. Malik Beasley and Evan Turner, along with a Nets first-round pick to the Timberwolves. And then Gerald Green and a Rockets first-round pick to the Nuggets. Out of those teams, who won this trade the most? Oof. It's, this trade is just a whole lot of, wait, what? In my opinion. But I'll say, I like Capella going to the Hawks. I think it's going to give Trey Young some power now. Obviously, it's not going to turn their season around because they are the worst team in the East. But I will say, I think down the road, I do like a Trey Young, Clint Capella duo. I do like that. I mean, that was their one need for their team. I mean, you have Young, Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, um, and then John Collins. And then that that fifth spot was always the question mark. Uh, I tell you what I like. The Timberwolves, I like this trade better than I like the D'Lo trade. You get Malik Beasley, who I like a lot, and then you get a Nets first-round pick. I don't know if it – I'm pretty sure it was uh, this year's pick. So It is this year's pick? I believe so. So Ooh, that's nice. This is the year that you want that pick because Kevin Durant's coming back next year, so they won't, they'll won't. they be a lot better than they were this year. Um, but the Nuggets, I tell you what, they lost bad in this trade. You give up Malik Beasley and – for basically jail green and a Rockets first round pick. I feel like you could have got a lot more for him. I feel like you could have gave up Will Barton for that same trade Ooh. and then kept the younger Malik Beasley. In that yeah, team. I like Malik Beasley a lot. I think the Nuggets are making a big mistake trading him. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Rockets. I hate to down the Rockets because I do have family that live in Texas who are Rockets fans. So if you're listening, I apologize. But it's, in my opinion, it's just everything the Rockets do now, it just rubs me the wrong way. The way they play, their record, and now the trade. I don't think Robert Covington is the answer to anything in their situation, especially giving up their only big man. Now they have P.J. Tucker moving down to the five. They had James Harden jumping for tip against JaVel McGee, who's pretty much 7-1. It, it, they, look, they look funky. They play funky. I'm just done with the Rockets. Yeah, well, I don't feel bad uh, for your family, so I'm going to say whatever I want. And I've always been a Rockets hater, so... Not hater. I've always been against Russell Westbrook and the way he plays, and I've definitely been against the way James Harden plays. It's a bunch of iso ball that for shooters who can't shoot. I mean, obviously James can, but Russell I've never been a big fan of. The reason they traded Capella, though, is because you have two people on the floor that can't shoot. You got Russell Westbrook and you got Clint Capella. You got to get one of them out. You're not going to trade Russell. You just got him. So Capella's the odd man out. Now the only problem with that is you now have nobody over 6'7 on your starting lineup so any big man's going to dominate but i guess but it does give them a bit of a mismatch on the other side of the ball it does which is why coming down the court you're guarding yes james harden's guarding javel mcgee but you come down the court you've got an iso situation which is james harden bread and butter he's got that iso situation against uh, javel mcgee yeah which is what dan tony wants i mean he probably thinks of it as we're going to shoot threes we're probably going to shoot more threes than anybody in the nba yet again and you can take your post-up twos on our 6'6 six, six guards, but we're going to hit threes, and threes more than two. It's just the fact that the night that James Harden goes one for 17 again, you're going to lose by 30-plus because you have nobody to stop anybody down low. I just I don't, I don't think it was a, a good trade. It's just a desperation move at this point because they know they weren't going to win a championship. So it's like, let's just throw something in the water and see if – or something at the wall and see if it sticks, and hopefully it does for them. But I don't see it happening. And I really do like Rocco a lot. And for those who don't know what Rocco is, I like Robert Covington. I think he's a good basketball player. He just brings a lot to the table. He's, he's a little underrated in my opinion, and I just hate to see that he's at the Rockets now. He's a good 3 and D guy. Um, but we're going to move on 
to a a trade that made me more mad than anything and this is the Clippers that land Marcus Morris in a three-team deal so the Clippers the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards agreed to a a three-team trade that will send Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas to the Clippers Uh, Jerome Robinson will go to the Wizards and then the Knicks received Mo Harkless and a 2020 first round pick Um, the Knicks gave up Marcus Morris who they paid a bunch of money to in the offseason from Mo Harkless. I'll tell you what, who won this is the freaking Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, yeah. That's another body to put at LeBron when playoffs come around. Another wing. When the playoffs come around, that's just going to be a brick wall of a basketball team. If you think about it, there's so much defensive mindsets on that team now. As a LeBron fan, I'm worried about the Lakers. They didn't make any moves. And, yeah, the Clippers getting Morris is huge. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up as well, but we'll get into that later. The thing I want to talk about with the Clippers, I mean, my only issue is you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Marcus Morris, and I guarantee there will be possessions where Patrick Beverly's guarding LeBron James, and that's what's going to make me mad. Um, but it, again, it's another body. It's experienced veteran that's going to get you buckets off the bench if he doesn't start, um, and it's another small ball four. So it, there's no reason for the Clippers not to make this move. It's another Jerry West perfect move they only gave up jerome robinson who i think the knicks should have gotten instead of the wizards the wizards stole in this trade you give up isaiah thomas for jerome robinson who actually got cut yeah isaiah thomas got cut right after um poor guy i really by the do way, like it's his career thomas. his career's gotta be i over. feel so badly for him he was he was just such an inspirational player for people when he was playing for the celtics and now that he's actually getting cut by teams it, it really hurts me to see that is that because of the hip or is that because brad stevens made him more than he was I don't know. I think he just fit really well in the Boston system, like you said, and Brad Stevens used him the right way, and I don't think other other teams know how to do that, but I do think the injury is playing a factor in it. I just, all around, I think he's just being snubbed. I would agree. Um, we're going to move on to one of the bigger uh, trades, and that is Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat. Um, the Heat also, so the whole trade, the Heat have agreed to trade Deion Waiters, Justice Winslow, and James Johnson to the Memphis Grizzlies for Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder. And, wow. The Heat stole. I mean, you give up Justice Winslow, basically, and Deion Waiters for Iguodala and and Jay Crowder. That just made them legit. I... Not that I didn't... I had question marks about the Heat and one about their maturity. They were your Dark Horse team, weren't they? They were. But, but it was their maturity that scared me because you have a bunch of young players that were really good, but they're not there yet. You just added two veterans. Who can both play defense you, and get you a bucket. I mean, we talked about Iggy last week on the show and what he means to a team. Jay Crowder is a, one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. And they both have great personalities. You don't have to worry about them meshing with the team. You obviously saw what Clay Thompson said about Andre Iguodala. You know Jay Crowder is a good teammate. And I think that the Heat have turned their franchise around tremendously it seems like they're going all in for these next few years with jimmy butler kind of getting up there in age iguodala's up there definitely they just added jay crowder they traded away winslow who is a younger piece but i don't think he helped much yeah his prime was at duke i mean goran jodrick obviously he's he's old but he's done so you kind of have a the younger people and then you have the older folks and you kind of hope to mesh that together to make a solid team this year but other than that I don't see them like 
are the Heat true contenders? I, that's what I was going to ask. I don't. I don't think they are. I, I think that they, they can they make a tremendous run to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I just don't see this team beating the Milwaukee Bucks. See, that's the team I I would see them beating. Really? I just in seven. Oh, I don't. Maybe not. I just obviously nobody's going to stop Giannis, but you have so many options for if you're the Heat that. No, the Bucks are the best defensive team. I don't. It's really that the Sixers and the Celtics, those teams, I feel like they can put up a good fight against, but they're not going to scare me, I guess is what I'm saying in the playoffs. Yeah, and I have my opinions about the Sixers now, but we'll talk about that later. We will. Um, one more, a couple more trades we're going to get into. You hated this trade so much. <laughs> you have so many jokes about it. The Cavs get Andre Drummond for basically a bag of dirt. Is this a joke? Is this trade a joke? I I don't even... The actual trade is Andre Drummond for John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick, which I could I could pull out a bag of Doritos and give that to, to the Pistons and say, give me Blake Griffin, and they would have they would have <laughs> took it. I mean, they're pretending like Andre Drummond's not a double-double. He is. What, I think it's because he's not a traditional... Like, he's the old center that the NBA is shying away from. Right. But he still has value. He's well, still going to help a team out, whether it be the Cavs or not. You can't, like, you could have given up. The Pistons just didn't want anything, is what I'm getting from this. They were like, yeah, we'll give up Drummond for whatever your first offer is. Well, according to Not Sports Center, which, if you don't know what that is, it's a spoof of Sports Center, they had breaking news. And this was the first thing that I saw when the Drummond trade was released, reporting the Detroit Pistons have traded Andre Drummond to the Cleveland Cavaliers for. A corned beef sandwich, half a Diet Coke, and a used sock worn by LeBron James in 2015. And that last one is the best thing they got from the deal, <laughs> which happens to be the second round pick in the actual deal. I don't, I mean, Brandon Knight is the laughing stock, like you said earlier in the show, or um, before the show started. He's the laughing stock of Kentucky players in the NBA. He's done nothing in the NBA so far um, after leaving his freshman year. Missing clutch layups for the game. I mean, getting, getting crossed on, by Kyrie Irving. Getting dunked getting on by DeAndre on. Jordan. Like, multiple. And then John Henson, I don't even know if he's played in the last 30 days, um, for the Cavs. As he looks so, at his imaginary watch. Yes. For the Cavs, who are one of the worst teams in the East. This, I mean, the Cavs did well. for uh, Yeah. for But did they really, though? Because they're not going to win anything. You have now Kevin Love and Andre Drummond on the same team. They're not, I mean, they're both around the same age. They're not going to, you're going to have to, I just feel like you gave up nothing for them, but you didn't gain anything from this. I tell you what, I feel badly for Andre Drummond. He he wanted to stay in, in Detroit, which I don't know why you would want to stay in Detroit. I'm going to read his tweet that he tweeted out uh, not long after the trade was released. Maybe an hour. Said, quote, if there's one thing I have learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons and to have and to be and to have this happen. His he had a little typo there and to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more that this is just a business. But I love you, Detroit. I'm sorry, Drummond. The NBA is a business. They're not here to make buddies at the end of the day. Teams are here for financial reasons. They're here to make decisions. They didn't think you were fitting with the Pistons. You had to go. It's nothing personal. It's simply business. I feel like he wouldn't have tweeted this if it was a better trade. I feel like I he's do almost, agree with that. He's, uh, almost, he's almost embarrassed. Like, yeah. Is like, this what you think of this me? This is like a shot at me because you gave up my talents for that. 
Yeah. I don't even want to say what that is again because that's how bad it is. Well, there were a ton of memes that came out. Here's another one. Uh, If I'm the Lakers and I see what the Cavs gave for Drummond, I'm calling Detroit right now and offering our best janitor for Derrick Rose. Which it might work because, I mean, they would give up Blake Griffin for what? A Solomon Hill and... uh, three second round picks at this point i just a dylan brooks and a third round pick oh don't get me started on dylan brooks (laughs) we're gonna move on though we have one more trade to talk about and it's because i have a little bit of bias towards the warriors the 76ers get alec burks and glenn robinson and the warriors get three second round picks i mean are they just trying to make an entirely new team off picks golden state is busy this trade deadline how many picks are they do they have now too many i feel like if they don't put all these in a package to get maybe like maybe Bob Myers is three steps ahead of the curve and he's just like I want Wiggins and I'm going to use all these picks to get somebody like an actual superstar not that anybody would trade with Golden State I'm I'm just spitballing because that's the fan in me but I mean all the, what are these second round picks going to do maybe you trade four of them to get a first round pick in like the top 15 or something but well, it seems like the Warriors are giving the Knicks a run for the money for the most picks because I did see on NBA Buzz that the New York Knicks how, excuse me, now have seven first-round picks over the next four seasons. That's awesome. They're going to miss on four of them. <laughs> the Knicks are... We're going to actually... You know what? We're going to take a quick break because we're going to save this talk for <laughs> this, the next segment. We're, when we come back, we're going to talk about how bad this Knicks franchise is, is actually run. I feel like I could run this on 2K 10 times better. Um, but you're listening to NBA Fuel for Thoughts. We'll be right back. FFT, and we just got a Facebook at NBA Fuel for Thoughts. Go check us out. You'll find all of our podcasts and our content. We're going to start posting new stuff on there. We'll just appreciate the support. Of course. Um, but we're going to get into something that we do on our other show, Red Zone Radio. I, I kind of go off often, and they gave me my own rant on the show. So I think I'm going to... May I do the honors of introducing please, it? Please do. So this. on our other podcast, like he just mentioned, uh, we have one called WK Red Zone Radio, which is sponsored by WKU. Talk about WKU sports. Uh, but we have a segment called Ryan's Rant, where Ryan basically just has the floor and can babble on about what makes him mad in this week. Uh, so without further ado, Ryan's Rant. The New York Knicks have to be, well, first of all, let's talk about their president. 
the one they don't have because they fired him. Now we're not going to talk about that because they don't have one. I feel like I could be the president of that franchise if I had the money for it and do I'd fire everybody on the staff. James Dolan, I would do my best to like get him out of there. Not that I had any power to do that, but I would do that. No, that team's not going anywhere if James Dolan is still the owner of that team. But that's besides the point. The New York Knicks, not only did they give up Marcus Morris for the Mo Harkless trade that we talked about earlier and how bad that was, they got a first-round pick. That's awesome. They're not going to hit on any first-round picks. The last one they hit on was um, who? I can't even think. You can say R.J. Barrett, but he's he hasn't proved anything yet. So Mitchell Robinson's a second-round pick. Kevin Knox has been a bust since he got there. That's the last three years. I just – they don't – I don't see any future where they are good. They're not going to get any free agents because nobody wants to go there. They wasted all their money on three power forwards this past offseason with Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, and I believe they paid Noah Vonley. I just, this team, I, if, I'm, if I'm on NBA 2K, I could do seven different scenarios where all of them end up with me in a championship and the Knicks have done nothing in order to do that. Um, I just I don't see them going anywhere. They didn't. They talked about trading for D'Angelo Russell. Well, and I remember they, I saw something a year ago that was talking about the big three. This this is happening with uh, Zion Williamson, uh, Durant, Kevin Durant, and, and D'Angelo or Kyrie Irving. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, holy crap, the New York Knicks are legit. Well, then that kind of faded away. The D'Lo talk started coming. That faded away. Well, my thing with the D'Lo, don't worry, they got Mo Harkless. <laughs> my thing with the D'Lo talks is if you wanted to pay him then you should have paid him or traded the Nets because the Nets didn't want to give up D'Lo for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was going there either way. You could have gave up something to the Knicks to get something back for D'Lo plus Kevin Durant. So the Knicks could have got anything for D'Lo because the Warriors didn't have a choice. If you wanted them then, then you should have paid them then. Now there, there were talks about how the Warriors and the Knicks were in deep talks about trading for D'Lo. They were going to give up their young assets that they just acquired to get somebody that they could have got three months ago for free, basically. That is that is the definition of the Knicks franchise and how it's run, and it's ridiculous. And I feel like they should no longer be a team. Go to back, get Seattle back in there, or the Vancouver Grizzlies. I don't care who. Get the Knicks out of there. They're atrocious. Well, alrighty then. I'm done. <laughs> It's your show, so where are we going from here? We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the Lakers, the better half of the top two uh, run franchises in quotes in the NBA. They didn't make a move, which I know as you as a semi Lakers fan, more LeBron fan than anything. Well, I was just waiting and waiting, anticipating. I know Kyle Kuzma was on the chopping block, so I was just assuming they were gonna get somebody out of it and. It's like nothing ever happened. They just kept talking, talking. Is there a certain trade you were like looking to see? Honestly, no. I was just hoping for something. something. I mean, they needed some, but they're missing a piece. I mean, I feel like the whole, most of the talks were around Derrick Rose. Um, they even talked about Darren Collison bringing him out of retirement. And he was like, mm, never mind. He came to a game <laughs> and sat next to Jeannie Buss the entire game and then was like, yeah, I don't think so. And if there was a year to do it and there was a team to do it, it'd be with this team. So he clearly doesn't want to come back. I really would have liked to see Derrick Rose in the Los Angeles Lakers uniform. It would have been cool. Reason being, I just don't think Rondo is the answer at the point guard position. And I think LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Derrick Rose would have been a pretty solid trio. 
They would have, but I guess that would give the Pistons too much because they wouldn't want to take Kuzma. Yeah, well, no, for I Derrick mean, Rose. I mean, that would be careful. That would be too much for the Pistons to take <laughs> after that Drummond trade. But I mean, they have Brandon Knight, so I mean, what else do they need? So do do you think that this hinders them since the Clippers made a move? I mean, the Bucks didn't, but they didn't really need to. Does this hurt their chances? I say yes and I say no. Yes, it hurts them because I do think they are missing that. Uh, they're missing a piece. I can't give you a specific piece, but there's something that they're lacking that could really bump them to a caliber of winning it all this year. But the Clippers are making so many moves, so many defensive players, just quote unquote dogs, if you will, of the NBA and Paul George, defensive guru, uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously a defensive monster, defensive player of the year, uh, defensive MVP, blah, 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 blah. Uh, now they have Marcus Morris. They have Patrick Beverly. They have, who else am I missing? Lou Will. They have Lou Will. They have Montrez Harrell. Uh, I mean, there's so many players on that team that can guard every position. I mean, you we talked about it earlier in the segment. You come down the court and now there's Patrick Beverly guarding LeBron James. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's not, not even that, a big yeah. deal to me. I mean, he can guard LeBron James. And now that they have so many bodies that they can throw at LeBron, when they get to that Western Conference Finals, the Lakers are really in for trouble. They really are. And not that they need – they just – I don't know what their identity is outside of LeBron and AD. And I say this every time. Every team LeBron is on, you take LeBron off the court, the other, they are going to struggle. Yeah, and you saw last night in that Nuggets game. Every time LeBron was off the court, the Nuggets were rolling on a run. They were up six, seven. LeBron would come back on the court, level it back out. He'd take a break. Next thing you know, Nuggets are going on a run, and it's the same thing every year. Yes, there's AD, but at the same time, whenever LeBron is not on the court, whatever team he's on, they are going to struggle. And now that the Clippers have so much firepower, they're in trouble. That's all I can say. They are. I mean, and speaking of that game last night, I mean LeBron. He went down for a second and scared us all because imagine LeBron out for three to four weeks. That's a month of basketball. That's three weeks of actual We saw basketball. what happened last year when he went down. I mean, now you're looking at a five seed in the West, like around there. You think AD can probably carry you to a few wins here and there, but I mean, that changes everything drastically. Luckily, he's okay. Nothing, nothing happened, but it's just the mindset of you need LeBron on that floor just as much as you need AD, but your third guy, like if your third guy is... Danny Green. I mean, that it's Danny Green. <laughs> I got. Something. I love Danny Green. I, it kind of just hit me. What would you have thought about D'Lo coming back to the Lakers and giving the Warriors Kyle Kuzma? As a Warriors fan, or just as a as a as a trade? It just hit me. I haven't. I, I don't know if it was talked about. It probably was because everything's talked about. But this just hit me thinking about a guard point guard position that the Lakers need. Yes, LeBron can run the point guard, but at the same time, that's not his natural position. As we all know, imagine D'Lo coming back with the skills that he has now, a re, like a reunion, if you will, with the Lakers, giving Kyle Kuzma to the Warriors. He has a tremendous amount of potential. He's also a wing player. Same build as Andrew Wiggins. Thoughts? Not This is unbiased. Obviously, you'd, give up, you'd have to give up more than, than Kuzma. Right. But I don't like the fit with the Lakers. I mean... If I'm a if I'm a Lakers fan or GM, I would want a pass first point guard who can shoot threes. Somebody I can't I can't name him right now, but I like I'd rather see Chris Paul in that role than I would D'Angelo Russell. Hmm. So if you gave Kuzma to the Thunder and you got Chris Paul, then I would be not even just because Chris Paul and LeBron are friends, but he's just a veteran. 
that is a pass-first guy, but he can shoot and take over when he needs to, I feel like that would have been a better fit than the D'Lo situation. Um, but, I mean, I feel like the Lakers, they still have a good shot, obviously. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they have a great team. They're number one in the West. They have a tremendous record. And maybe that's why they didn't trade, because they, maybe they feel like this is this is the team we're rolling with. This is... This is what we like. People were talking to the Lakers, and the Lakers refused to even consider giving up Alex Caruso. That was somebody that a lot of teams were wanting to get out of a trade. Do you think Alex Caruso is is that strong of a player to where the Lakers aren't willing to give him up? It depends on who who it was and what they're trying to give for him, but no. I don't. I don't understand that at all. It's just popularity. I think it is. It's the whole, what if the Celtics traded Taco Fall? I mean, obviously the fans would obliterate whoever traded them, but it's business. I mean, if you got Alex Caruso, if you could get a first-round pick for him, you'd obviously take that. I just, I mean, he's not that good, but the fans love him, so you kind of have to keep him around, I guess. I I I can't complain. Because obviously the Lakers aren't struggling right now. They're number one in the West, like I said. But I just think that they could have made some type of move. Right. And it's not like they needed to. With all the other teams making moves around them. Right. Why not? And maybe this will help them rather than hurt them. Maybe every other team that made the move will hinder the the chemistry because Lakers have good chemistry. And like I talked about at the beginning of the show, the Lakers, the Lakers, they make it seem like they've been playing since they were on AAU teams together. I mean, they're so AD are playing football out there (laughs) half the time. I mean, they're just, the the chemistry on that team is is really top notch and maybe that's why they didn't want to damage that core. Well, I I guess so. They're still probably top of the odds for for, uh, NBA Finals talk, but we're going to move on to the East. I have a question for you. Are the Raptors legit? They won 15 straight over the past couple weeks, um, but it still doesn't feel... It feels like the old Raptors team to me when it was DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry where you win a bunch of regular season games, but once you get in the playoff, you don't have anybody that can take over. I just... I really want to see the Raptors do well because I really do like that team. You know, they're all... They're all good guys. They're all underrated players. And I think the biggest thing for me is I I just don't think Pascal Siakam is the type of player that can take the Raptors to the next level by himself. You have a Fred Van Fleet. You have a Kyle Lowry. I just don't think... Pascal Siakam is their is their franchise player that they should roll with for years and years to come. They need another piece, just like you're seeing all these duos out there. And I think if they get another superstar that can come in and play with Pascal Siakam, get some good chemistry like you saw with Kawhi, I think that they could be really successful. But right now, it's kind of just like a, well, crap, they won again. Maybe they are. I just don't think they're legit. Well, they won another game, 15 in a row. They lost last night, obviously, but... To the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> At well, they were tired. I mean, it's the last game before All Star break, but it goes back to the you, know, you kind of hit it on the head. You don't want Pascal to be your number one guy. He's a great number two. We saw it last year in the finals, but you can't expect him to. He's take not over the player like that Kawhi can take you was. to the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's not going to, which is fine. You're going to get bounced in the second round, like the Raptors normally do, and we're going to be talking about this next year with oh, the Raptors won fifty something games. That's awesome, but they won't have anybody that will take them to the next level. Um, I just, it's the way <sighs> Kyle Lowry's going to choke in the playoffs again. I just, I can't I've see. never been a fan of Kyle Lowry personally. And it's not even like because last year he finally got, you know, the curse lifted or whatever. But 
that's because he had Kawhi next to him, and you don't have to worry as much because you you could just give and him Pascal the ball. beside him. Yeah, I mean, and Fred Van Fleet. I mean, good gracious, he was chewing last year. Yeah, so you you were basically the third option at most times during most games. Now you're bas- you're almost one A one B with Pascal, and the pressure's going to get to him again, like it did in the past. He'll go. He'll have a game where he goes two for twenty seven, and we'll be like, oh, this is twenty fifteen Kyle Lowry. Um, Back but, to the original question: Are the Raptors legit? No. No. Agree. Consensus. Yeah. Consensus. No. Okay. Um, staying in the East, though, 76ers. God. What a train wreck we have here. I can't. I, I've just, I believe they're a fifth seed now. They are the fifth they seed. They are moving up, which is, you know, they should be a three, but. It's just something about them that makes me want to hit my head against the wall. There's. I don't. It's not fun basketball to watch. Yeah. I mean, you got. One of them has to go, and when I say one of them, I mean Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. Somebody has to go. They're the, they're the same situation that the Rockets are in. You can't rely on all your shooting from Tobias Harris. De- definitely not. He's not even that great of a shooter. And if that's your best shooter on the floor, you're not going to win. You have, not with the basketball these we're days. We were talking about this with the Rockets, where you have two shooters on the floor, or two players on the floor that can't shoot. you got to get rid of one of them. You have... Joel Embiid, who can shoot, but that's not where you want him at. You don't want him standing at the three-point line. And Ben Simmons is scared to shoot, so you can't have him out there. Al Horford is a all-right shooter, but you don't want him taking it. So it's just there's too many big men that are clogging the paint. I don't know. Like they're not even they're not great defensively. Al Horford, I don't feel like he even likes it there, and I don't. He's one of the most soft-spoken people in the league. Yeah, I think that. The 76ers really need to focus on a blockbuster trade with either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Get some players that they can build around. Obviously, we talked about this earlier. There was a lot of talk about um, a blockbuster trade to the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is just rumors. So uh, there was something about Joel Embiid to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Kendrick Nunn. That'd be a great trade That's for the Sixers. That's a great trade for Sixers. They get a shooter, they get a solid big man, and they have a rising star that I think could be a fantastic point guard. They still have Ben Simmons. Kendrick Nunn's a shooting guard. Uh, well, Kendrick Nunn's a point guard, but I mean, well, Ben's going to play. The, he can he's play, gonna play the point, obviously. You have Hero, who's a great shooter, which is what you need anyway. And Bam and is going to be one of the best big men in the league here in the next couple of years, if not the best. That's a hot take. That's, I'm sorry. He's a top three. That's a hot take. In the next couple of years, do you disagree? Bet one of the top three big men in the league in yes. the next couple of years? Give me three Give me three big men that are, could be better than him. You think he's going to be better than Pascal? I consider Pascal a four. Okay. You consider Bama five? I consider Bama five. Okay. I'm putting AD in the five. He's but not, he's, he's not like, running five. He's running the four. No, he's not. He runs the five. He didn't run the five last Just night. Just because he doesn't start as the five, he ends the game as a five. Okay, okay, okay. I'm still putting him a power forward. Then I he's put listed Bama, as a power forward. Bam is like six, six, eight, six, nine. He's a power forward, if anything. I just feel like what, either way, Joel Embiid, if he ended up going to the heat, that's a... That's a win. Do you like situation. Do you like Joel going to the Heat? This is obviously a what if, but do you I like, like Joel going to the Heat and for the Tyler Sixers? Hero, blah, blah, yes, blah, blah, going to the Sixers because I feel like if I'm the Sixers, I'm I'm trading Joel before I trade Ben. Do you consider Andre Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid a big three? No, because you threw Iggy in there. If you tell me, because this is the year of dynamic duos, so okay. If you would tell you me, consider Jimmy Butler and I Joel would, Embiid. but. You don't have a point guard that can, like, if you're telling me Goran Dragic is your point guard, I don't like that at all. It's another hole. But the Sixers, I mean, if you were to pick one right now, who would you trade? 
between Joel and B and Ben Simmons. I'm taking. I'm trading Ben Simmons. You're trading Ben Simmons. See, I'm trading Joel. I just think. <sighs> Tell me why you would trade Ben before Joel. Is it because of the shooting? Oh, obviously it is, but. I'll tell you why. I don't know. I just think Ben Simmons, I think Joel, I don't want to say he was there first, but Joel is their franchise player. They can build around the big man, but for Ben Simmons, he just lacks that shooting. He can't spread the floor. You have to run a pick and roll for him, and it has to be a low pick and roll, so he just has to take one step get to the bucket. Obviously, it works, but there's going to come a point where he's going to have to expand his game, and if he doesn't expand his game, he's stuck, and you don't want to be stuck with a player that's stuck. As repetitive as that sounds, I think Joel has just tremendous potential. You put the right players with Joel, he's going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't think Ben Simmons is the right fit for Joel. See, I'm trading Joel because one, the injury history, you don't know if he's ever going to stay healthy for a full year. Two, he could be an MVP in this league if he maxed out his full potential. But I feel like he he doesn't either try hard enough or he can't because he's afraid he's going to get injured. One, if you have if you put four shooters, kind of like the Rockets do, around Ben Simmons, and you kind of play him as the the point guard, but he's also the tallest guy. I mean, he is six ten, so it's not like he's small. He if might have, still be matched up against Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, and all that. Well, yeah, but you put him on defense against some of the bigger guys. I just if you put four shooters around him, even three, and you have a big man that can kind of shoot, kind of like Al Horford, that's a lot better than you put Joel Embiid with uh, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, like all these young guys that need to develop. Because Joel's 28, I want to say, like closer to 30 than he is 25. So he's getting up there. Ben Simmons is younger. I mean, Joel sat out three years. We got to remember, he didn't play a full season until this past year, this last year, and even that wasn't full. I mean, he sat out right. 15 games. Joel's just, 25. He's 25? That means Ben Simmons is like 22. I forget how young these players are sometimes. So you go with the young player. Ben Simmons is 23. 23. So two, two year years difference. difference. Is that is the age really the crucial factor? No, for me it's the injury history. The injury history, okay. And I don't feel like you can build around somebody. I think with the that league that we that we see now, where and it's just man. your shoot, you have to be able to shoot the ball to win games. And Ben Simmons is not that answer. And I just don't think that they're going to get the shooting. Obviously, he's taken how many threes in his career? Seven now? Maybe. Two for seven on his career, I think is what it was. Which is not that bad of an average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, LeBron's three for nine in the finals. We're taking averages here. Three for nine in the finals, two for seven from three. Okay, yeah, I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Two for seven. If he, I just feel like... I don't even care because even the the coaches and the GM are like, we want you to shoot the ball. I don't care if you miss. What shoot is he the scared ball. of? Failure. Oh my god. Which he's already failed. He's already failed by not shooting in any way. I just and he's not even that like he's it's broke. Obviously, he doesn't even know which hand to shoot with most of the time because <laughs> he's ambidextrous. But I don't know. He just needs to try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back to the original question. I think Simmons should go. Keep a bead. Build around Joel Embiid. But obviously, you disagree, but we need to move on. We'll de- agree to disagree, um, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have NBA All Star all to talk about. We're going to get some predictions and listen to NBA Feel for Thoughts. So every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I should take it slow. 
NBA All-Star Weekend is here. You're listening to NBA Fuel for Thoughts. Myself, Ryan Good, alongside Patrick Carey. We're going to jump right into this. We have the Skills Challenge, which nobody cares about, but we're going to talk about it anyway. We have Shea Gilson, Alexander. I screwed that name up, but I don't care. DeMontes Sabonis, Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, Chris Middleton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Patrick Beverly, and Bam Adebayo. Give me a prediction on who wins and why. Give me Jason Tatum. I think all around he's got great skill set. He's got good dribbling. He's got good shooting. Give me give me Jason Tatum. Good speed. I think I'm going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. He just seems like a guy who would win this and take this seriously. So I'm You, you don't like him. Patrick Beverly in this? Um, if Patrick Beverly won this, he would flex this until the day he <laughs> dies. So I do not want to see him win this, no. Three-point contest. This is the one I'm excited about because nobody watches the dunk contest anymore after the 2016 with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. But I digress. We have Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson, David Bertans, Devontae Graham, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine. It was going to be Damian Lillard, but he is out with a growing injury, so he will not be participating in any All-Star Weekend activities this weekend. So Devin Booker took his place in the All-Star game and in the three-point contest. So we have Devin Booker and then Trey Young. Who is your pick? I had Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Joe Harris. Okay. I'm not going to, and I'll tell you why. Uh, but I, st- I want Devin Booker to win it. Yes. And I think Devin Booker should win it because he should be able to get revenge. Yep. Uh, is it a committee? I don't know who picks Is this. it fans? It's but it's a mix between the two on the All-Star game. Okay. I don't know who does the three. We're going to get back to y'all on this one. I'm going to do some research on that this week, and we'll talk more about it next week. Devin Booker deserved to be in the three-point contest and in the All-Star game. It took Damian Lillard to hurt his groin to put him in. It's disrespectful to be like, oh, well, somebody got hurt. Well, Devin, do you want to join now? Uh, where was I in the first place? Right. Obviously, it's Devin Booker's humble enough to say, yes, I'll do it, but... It's just incredibly disrespectful that Devin Booker wasn't in this conversation. We talked about this last week. The snub, obviously the biggest snub in the history of sports. Right. Um, history of the All-Star game, excuse me. Got what? a little out of... I mean, sport, snub, All-Star, I mean, yeah, okay. it's not that out of the question. You saw the numbers last week. If you don't know the numbers, check our last episode out. Um, yes, I think Devin Booker... Give me Devin Booker. I'm going to take him to... Give me Devin Booker. Because I want to see the story. He's coming after, out hot. After he wins it. He's coming like, out hot. When he comes out, he's like, I should have been in this from the very beginning, and here's why. And then he goes out and he puts... The only person that's going to compete, I think, is Joe Harris. 26 points up. That's a, that's my prediction. 26. In the All-Star game? In the three-point contest. Oh, in the three-point three contest? 26. He'll miss like four You shots. heard it here first. <laughs> On NBA Fool for Thoughts, Ryan Gooden. <laughs> um, no, but 26. That's my prediction. Trey Young... Not not Trey Young, Devin Booker. Trey Young, I is my sleeper though. If he, I'll take my sleeper being not, Joe Harris. It's not from the logo, so I can't really. <laughs> All right, first place Devin Booker, second place Joe Harris. Go. Who's yours? Uh, first place Devin Booker, second is Duncan Robinson. Duncan, okay. We're gonna move on to the NBA dunk contest though. We have Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones Jr., Dwight Howard, and. Pat Connaughton. I don't even want to get into why Pat Connaughton's in this thing, but who's your watch him one? win this whole thing? I will. I will never watch the dunk contest. Again <laughs> There's been so much hate on this man. Watch him win this whole thing. If he shows me something, and insane, honestly, you know what? Give me Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, I didn't think you were going there anyway. <laughs> Give me Aaron Gordon. This is his revenge tour from 2016. I believe that was the year that was it 15 or 16. I think it was 16, where he sat in the air for about three and a half seconds. And then did the spinning windmill, or whatever that was. I don't even know what to describe it, but where he got robbed by Zach Levine, who's not. It was 2016. It was 2016. Okay. 2016. You're all right. right. All right. 
I give me Aaron Gordon. He he comes Gordon. back. He gets revenge. revenge. This is a revenge weekend. It is. Devin Booker, Aaron Gordon, give us revenge. I'm, if if that happens, I'll be very happy. Um, we're gonna get the All Star Game MVP. Who is it? I got AD. This is where I'm gonna take Trey Young. I think he'll put up forty. So he's getting MVP but loses the game? He will lose the game, and he'll get MVP because nobody, on LeBron's team, it's going to be spread out across the board. Nobody's going to really put up major numbers. LeBron's going to sit half the game because he, what, you mean, what are we doing here? (laughs) He doesn't want to get injured. (laughs) So I'll take Devin Booker. You think so? For revenge, like we said. I think he's going to come out hot. Which side was was Damian Lillard on? He was on Team LeBron. Okay. Right? I think so. Yeah, I think he's, he's on Team LeBron. So Devin Booker's on Team LeBron, which means... Trey Young and Devin Booker be playing each other. Good look to see some some high scoring affairs here, but they Shoot are out. they are changing the rules here. So I don't know if the points are actually going to matter because sorry, still a little under the weather. They they changed it to where it's twelve minute quarters for the first three quarters, and they're wiping the score away after the quarter. So it's like you get twelve minutes to score this amount of points. Whoever wins that wins, and then we start over in the second quarter third quarter etc until the fourth quarter where they're doing the kobe tribute where the first team to score to 24 wins there's no no clock there's no time it's just whoever gets to 24 first wins the game do you like this i like the tribute to kobe in the fourth quarter but i don't see any reason to start the quarter or the scores over at the end of every quarter i don't either i i mean like what is this upward bound it's awesome to see that they're going to wear Kobe's jersey and Gianna's jersey in the All-Star game. But you could have just... Do, we can do a three-quarter game. Play the All-Star game. And then fourth quarter, do game to 24. I like that. Why start or just, over Or just have quarter? the game to 24 at the beginning and then just play the real All-Star game after that. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Because that makes more sense. I just... It seems unnecessary, almost. Not that... The tribute to Kobe is because I don't mean any disrespect, but like, what are we doing? This is an all-star game that, like, you can't even. Are the, are the points going to carry over? Like, nobody's going to have fun, I guess, is what I'm saying. Watching this, but um, we're going to get out of here. Those are predictions. Post post trade deadline talk. Um, make sure to follow us on social media at NBA FFT on Twitter and NBA Full for Thoughts on Facebook. For myself, Ryan Gooden, alongside Patrick Carey, peace.